Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Wherever you are in the world, I hope this finds you doing well and staying healthy during this holiday season and hopefully getting to spend some time with friends and family safely or socially distant. However you're doing that this year, I hope you have some time to rest in what has been the weirdest year by far of our lives. And uh, God knows that we deserve a little grace this year as we wind down 2020. And as we are here at Mission Hills, we're wrapping up the uh, season of Advent as we head into Christmas. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we're going to start in the Gospel of Luke this morning. Luke 1, starting in verse 26 through 38, and I'm reading out of the CEB. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen, since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is being born to you will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman, who is labeled unable to conceive, is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. The word of the Lord. Okay, so there are a lot of different ways that you can read this passage and talk about this passage. Obviously, a lot of people have uh, problems with uh, the virgin birth narrative uh, and focus on whether or not this is plausible or whether this is uh, right that the Holy Spirit comes over her in this way and she submits in this. So we can talk about that on Sunday if anybody wants to uh, talk about the virgin birth narrative. Uh, it doesn't really interest me in that kind of debate sense. So I am going to look at this passage in the way that we're following kind of our Advent series questions. The first week we asked the question, what are you waiting for during this season? And then the second week we asked, how are you waiting? Last week, Kelly asked the question, why are you waiting? And I'm going to continue this streak and ask, uh, who are you waiting for? Now, that might be a dumb question. It might sound like a dumb question, uh, but I think there are some clever ways that we can look at this text, read this text, and thoughtfully inquire about this question, who are you waiting for? Now, the obvious answer uh, in the season of Advent, when we're awaiting the birth narrative of Christ and the coming of Christmas and celebrating the birth of Christ, 
on December 25th, the very sort of obvious trite answer would be, okay, we're waiting for Jesus, right? But there are ways I think that we can um, really introspectively and thoughtfully ask this question, who are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? So keep that question in your mind as I uh, offer these reflections in the final Sunday of Advent. And I hope there is something here that we can take into uh, the week in the season of Christmas um, that is that is helpful and maybe a little bit uh, maybe a little bit different. So uh, I'm going to offer some short reflections, and we will, as always, talk about it on Sunday. So I not I I want to not only reflect on this uh, really key and important uh, text from Luke, but I want us to at least spend some time considering the radical ramifications of the gospel message for our lives. And while sometimes these Christmas stories can be meaningful just in their sentimentality or nostalgia, I think we can forget how shocking a story like this would be in the first century. The story and the experience of what Mary is uh, being confronted with here. An angel telling a virgin teenager that the messianic promise of David is going to be fulfilled through a son that she will conceive, even though she hasn't had sex before, and this son will be the son of God, which is salvation for the world. I mean, it's really, uh, there's a lot of historical things that kind of go into this, but it's a stunning, uh, it's a stunning story. Uh, And I think we, it's okay to be uncomfortable or comfortable, to find ways to be comfortable with the uncomfortable mystery of our faith. I think if we don't recognize how bizarre this story is and how it would sound in the first century or how the experience of this would be in the first century, um, we do our faith a disservice. So um, I hope at least we can be a little bit comfortable with the uncomfortable mystery uh, that this story offers us. And then maybe the message that goes along with that, that um, that God is is with us in our impossible circumstances of life and to be comfortable with that level of uncomfortability. Uh, Mary in the Gospel of Luke is serves as a symbol for the faithful life. Um, this is not, this is, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, this is not obedience to, like we think of obedience uh, in Christian faith is also, is often things that you do to make God happy or to follow the ritualistic uh, religious rules of your faith. Um, but Mary in the Gospel of Luke is this symbol for a faithful life in the sense of faith is trusting in God deeply, even in uh, uncomfortable circumstances or suffering or uh, the unknown of life. That is um, the true sense of faith, is this trust um, in God. And for Mary in the story, it's uh, it's a trust that even in this really bizarre circumstance that God sees her and us as highly favored is how the CEB puts it, uh, which another way just to say that is is loved, um, accepted. Uh, Mary trusts in this love, and she's credited with possessing the only thing that really matters in life, which is trusting in, in the midst of life's tough circumstances that the mystery of God's love is present with her. Um, you know, none of us are capable of... Um, living perfect lives. This is not what our faith 
um, asks us to aspire to. Um, we have to recognize on some level that we live constantly in the liminal space that Kelly talked about uh, last week of Advent. Our lives are spent in a, a, a liminality, uh, dissatisfied, uh, discontented with our own shortcomings, um, dissatisfied with the injustice uh, of a world that constantly waits for peace. Uh, this is the, the liminality of, of what it means to be human, that we are always going to fall short of um, what we think our ideal selves are going to be. You know, I'll, if I'm just, you know, Ryan in five years, once, that, once I reach that level, then maybe I'll be happier. And um, the kind of faith that Mary serves as the, the archetype for here is trusting in God's love in a really uncomfortable and lowly circumstance. Um, and Advent teaches and moves us into, like pulls us into a kind of sense of faith uh, in, in trust in this level uh, of liminality that we recognize uh, not only exists in Advent, but that to a certain degree our whole lives are spent in this space. And I want us to continue to think about this question, who are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? There was a former Baylor football player who we found out this week uh, tragically took his own life, and it was just heartbreaking to see the outpouring of love from all of the former players that uh, were good friends with him and family members uh, that were reaching out just talking about what an amazing person he was. And if you've ever lost a friend or a family member to, to suicide or an ex unexpected death, um, you know what it's like to be confronted with the reality that one of the most important things in life is just telling those in our lives that we love them and that we're here for them no matter what. Uh, I have lost a few friends in my life like this and you just wish that you would have picked up the phone or um, reached out to let the, the person know you were there. You, you just think about what if. And we recognize that the, the darkness of this kind of depression is real. Um, even amid the pr promise of God's presence in our lives. How do we reconcile this text of the promise of God's presence and favor and love in the real darkness that so many people in our lives experience? How do we live with the, the paradox when we either know what this feels like or we know others who, who live in this kind of uh, vacuum uh, you know, that's devoid of hope? Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's something to learn from from Mary's ability to 
fall into this kind of trust in God's love and presence, even when her embodied experience in life was full of suffering and challenges. You know, what it would have been like for her to be uh, a teenager in the first century, poor, as low as you can be in society, and now carrying a child in all of the challenges that that embodied experience brings, but in the shame of, of not being married, um, how does she have the ability to trust in this uh, situation? Is there anything to to learn from that? I, you know, maybe I I'm not really sure. Maybe in this moment, but I want us to think about it in the context of the question: Who are we waiting for? Uh, the, one of the promises of Advent and Christmas is this word. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And so we say that, we sing that this time of year, and how, how do we really trust in that promise? And maybe it's a time that we can reflect on the mystery of Jesus being God with us. Maybe we think about our own lives and reflect on how we feel or don't feel God's presence. We create space for a truth that God calls each of us, like Mary, highly favored, beloved. After all, I mean, we are here breathing, given the gift of one more day. And maybe you're at a place where it's important to remember that you are a gift to so many people in your life that love you. And if all hope seems lost, which at times it will, uh, reach out to people that remind you of the truth of who you are, which, I mean, at the end of the day is the only thing in the world that really matters. And I think the, the message of the gospel is at its core this, that you, you don't have to do anything. None of us have to measure up or say the right things, or look a certain way, or have enough money in the bank, or get a new job so that we can be okay. And it's hard to remember that you are perfect just the way you are, and that there are people in your life that love you, that God loves you. And maybe the who to reflect on is someone in your life that needs you that needs your love, that needs your presence, that needs a phone call, that needs you to reach out to remind them that nothing else in life really matters besides us being there for each other. And when we experience a loss, we are confronted swiftly with the reality that At the end of the day, life is precious and fragile. And when we lose loved ones, we wish we could have always said a little bit more, been more present than we were, a little kinder, less caught up in our own lives and all the stupid things that we get hung up on. We spend so much of our lives worrying and stressing over things and events that ultimately don't matter at all. So at this 
season of Advent and Christmas, I hope that we can strip away all the stuff that really doesn't matter, that we can realize that we are loved, we can maybe realize who in our lives need our love now more than ever. So whoever the who is that you're thinking of, whatever your reflection involves this week and next week, whatever season of life you're in, I pray that we may wake up to the Advent reality of God's love for us. And I pray that we wake up to a loving awareness that we have for others in our lives and that those in our lives have for us. And may the mysterious promise of God's love, God with us, call us into ever-deepening peace during this season. All right, I think we'll leave it there. I hope you'll join us on Sundays and on Christmas Eve on all of the social media sites. And as always, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well.